0: Welcome to the Colorado A-List. We're building a thriving business community based on generous leadership and authentic connections. I'm your host, Matt Brower, and today's episode is brought to you by Column Commercial Partners. Column Commercial Partners is a Colorado-based real estate company exclusively advocating for the tenant and buyer side of the table. If your company has real estate needs coming up, you can find them at www.columncommercial.com. Hello, our guest today is a thought leader and entrepreneur on the topics of branding and marketing. Having started his company, Brand Iron, over 17 years ago, he and his team are experts in integrating branding into all areas of business, including sales, marketing, and operations. He also travels the country speaking to groups on the power and importance of branding and business development. He's a devoted husband to Carmen and his father, and he's a father of two kids, Caitlin and Maggie. Thank you for being on the show, Michael Doyle.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So let's jump in, if you could just start by giving us a background on you, where you grew up, what were you doing before Brand Iron, and, and all that good stuff.
1: Sure. I'll um, <laughs> um, you know, Hold on a second for the phone to ring there. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in San Diego, uh, actually Carlsbad to be exact. And uh, grew up there and loved to live growing up there as a kid. It was great. Were you born in Carlsbad? I was born in Arizona where my mom and dad went to school at Arizona State.
0: Ooh, that's where I went. Okay. They, oh, yeah? Yeah. Awesome.
1: <laughs> and then um, shortly out of, after college and shortly after having us, my parents moved to Carlsbad. My dad was a newspaper reporter and had an opportunity. And so that's why they moved out there. And so it was a great place to grow up. I absolutely loved it. Carlsbad is beautiful. I've been there a couple of times. Yeah, It was great. It was a perfect place to grow up as a kid. We uh, surfed all the way as a kid, and we did that all through high school and summers in college, and it was awesome. Cool.
0: One of my very good friends lives in Carlsbad, and I know listens to this. Hi, Marie. (laughs) Cool.
1: appreciate that. And then, uh, so when when did you come to Colorado? So I went to school in L.A. at Biola University, and then I moved here after I graduated. Actually, okay. I, I spent one year in California. So actually, I, I uh, my first job right out of college, I was working for a surf clothing company. And oh, so cool. I was in marketing and sales for them for a year. And so that was a great experience. And I imagine you got your, did you get your degree in marketing or? No, I did not. Wow. <laughs> did not. Eh? I got my degree in, uh, in education. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So how was
0: the, uh, tell us about the transition between, oh. from education to, uh, how you got into marketing.
1: Oh, uh, it's pretty simple. Actually. My, uh, After I got out of college, I realized that um, in order to pay off my student loans, I couldn't become a teacher. I just couldn't make it work financially. So it kind of predestined my venture into something that paid more. And so that's where I became. my first job, I actually worked for in a corporate job for like six months until there's a huge national layoff, and I was a victim to that. But it was great for me in a transition to get into the sales doing that. Okay. And then... um, And actually, all the way through uh, high school and all the way through college, I worked at a, a surf shop. And so it just was natural that I and I had a lot of contacts in the industry. And so as soon as I graduated from college and I had an opening and kind of one thing led to another. And that's how I kind of started my career out in marketing and sales. Wow.
0: So I actually did get my degree in marketing. And don't use it now, but...
1: Uh. <laughs> uh, and what's ironic. I got a degree in education, and I actually, this is funny, my daughter laughs all the time, was that um, when I did my student teaching, My uh, I was a senior in college, and my professor said, you're horrible at this, because <laughs> you're not going to pass this class. And I go, I, he goes, what are you going to do? And I go are uh, well, you going to transfer to another, you know, department, like, in, you know, business and marketing? And go, no, I got to graduate. I'm out of money. I, I, I got to graduate. Right. And so he said, let's make a deal. And the deal was that if I agree not to go in teaching, he would pass me for my student teaching. What? <laughs> oh, my God. That is hilarious. <laughs> and then, ironically enough, now I speak all the time and... And so I still do that, you know, now I'm teaching again. It's just totally for adults and totally on a subject matter I love versus right. something, you know. I was actually to te- my student teaching in middle school, and that was absolutely horrible.
0: I wonder, uh, That's where, that's where my mind went when you said that. I wonder if it's because you were pursuing something you did not have a passion for at that time.
1: And you know, I thought I had the passion for it. My mom was a teacher. My grandfather was a teacher. Right, and it wasn't for me. Right. Yeah. Until later in life, when I could, you know, or later in my career, where I actually, you know, it's now I, it, I'm very passionate about it. Right.
0: And then the master has become masters always become the teacher, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, um, so you moved to Colorado and got into marketing not for not with brand iron though no i I
1: worked for an an agency um and so i did that for a year and then um actually i came in on a friday and um so i worked there for a year and i came in on friday and the doors were all padlocked and the office space was completely empty and so there was a handful of workers at the door like Huh, I don't think we have a job anymore, and that's really a bummer because it's payday, and it doesn't look like we get paid today either. And they didn't communicate anything. Oh, we hear nothing. Wow. And uh, so that was on a Friday, and so I got a waiting job on a Saturday. And then on over the weekend, I was like figuring out what I was going to do with my, you know, do with my life. And then I, I had a couple of co- contacts with a couple of the clients, and a couple called me up and said, "What are you going to do?" I said, "I don't know, let me think about it." And that was on a Monday. Tuesday, I called him back and said, "I'm starting on my own firm. Would you come over with me?" Oh and my god. And so, literally within a period of three to four days, I had made a determination. I was going to go out on my own, start my own firm, and that's how it all got started. So you were at this branding firm for one year. Mar- Marketing. Marketing and advertising agency. Okay.
0: So you were like the Don Draper of Denver <laughs> for one year. One year. And then you spun off and started. No, <laughs> no
1: that's 100% true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was 26. I had
0: no clue what I was doing. Wow. No clue. So you've already kind of answered my next question, which was what was the catalyst for you starting your own? Necessity. Uh, it was necessity, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And But you had to been there had to have been some fear there like what was what was there for you when you made that choice rather than just go to another advertising agency and get another job
1: you know actually it, actually the timing just kind of was all serendipitous i mean really i mean i got a waiting actually one of my one of my really good friends that i did a lot of work with through the agency helped me get the waiting job i talked to him And then I had several clients talking to me. And one of them, actually one client in particular said, well, why don't you represent us? Wow. And it really wasn't a, it wasn't, there really was no pre-planning at all. It was more of necessity of needing a job and really liking what I did. And it all kind of came together. And uh, maybe it sounds like having some people around you supporting you or encouraging you to,
0: Yeah, I had a
1: couple clients in particular that really supported me and wanted me to do it, and they said they would be patient and work with me, and which was great. That is incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's a big
0: step to um, to uh, you know hang your own hat. So, um, talk to us about having to build a brand for yourself. Yeah, how has that taught you to? Provided the best service for your clients, or what? What has that given you the ability to now today hand off to your
1: clients? Um, you know, actually, we kind of practice what we preach. So we really work hard at our brand and um, and our marketing, and we're very intentional about what the message we're trying to build, what the value proposition wants to look like, and how and why we're better than the competition. And so um, well actually one of my uh, one of the employees here, we just were talking about this earlier today where um, she was talking to one of our clients and how she loves it because it's a pain in the ass, but we treat ourselves like a client and mm. I'm a very demanding client. Right. But I mean we need to do that for ourselves so we stay on in front of our own brand, our own marketing efforts and taking a look at how do we market ourselves online, how do we market ourselves you know, utilizing different technologies and staying current and active. Mm. And uh, the speaking probably has a lot to do with your
0: success. Yeah, that helps a lot,
1: actually. Anytime we get in front of an audience and I get the opportunity, you know, to talk about a particular subject matter, branding or marketing, you know, um, that helps a ton. How do you find your speaking engagements? Um, we do the same. I mean, we actually, we represent, you know, we do a lot of work for myself, but then we have probably a half dozen different speakers, authors that uh, we've helped package their brands, their speaker sites, their media kits. Uh, and then we do a bunch of PR and traditional marketing work around different trade or industry associations okay, and different national conferences or local conferences and that types of things. Okay. So you're not... So you're, you
0: have the branding uh, and marketing agency called Brand Iron. What brand are you speaking under? Is it Michael Doyle or is it Actually, else? I, do,
1: I do both. I, do, I speak for with Brand Iron as well, but okay. then I have actually um, I wrote a book, but I'm actually we're finishing editing it and we're going to self-publish this, this summer, this early fall. Oh, cool. It's called Seven Secrets of a Brand Champion. So Seven I speak on brand for Brand Iron, but then that's what the branding and marketing topic. I talk on that. And then I I do a lot of talks for the Seven Secrets of Rand Champion. Then I do a lot of other various talks, like I speak on the importance of, you know, branding your capital raise decks to raise money, the importance of branding to, uh, branding a position company to get acquired. Wow. Okay. So we do a lot of, I do very specific ones like that as well, too, that are very popular.
0: Okay. Wow. So uh, really quick, the book. Yeah. When do you think that's going to be ready? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a it's lot written, of people involved in running a book. So. It out.
1: It's, okay. so it's written, it's re-editing it. And then we're actually uh Bree over here is helping kind of redesign the cover and the look and feel in the brand and we're finishing cool. all that up as we speak. So great. that'll be launching here next week or two and so that'll be out we're we're going to self-publish it this summer sometime. Gotcha. Okay. And so uh, uh I would imagine
0: Amazon or, you know, Somebody Google's that title; yeah. they'll be able to find it. Then, yeah, the seven secrets of a brand champion. Of a brand champion. Correct. Okay, got
1: it. Yeah, I hadn't heard that, so thanks for sharing. Yeah, no. Okay, you so. know, and the whole premise behind that is, um, I kind of came up with this idea that. All great brands have a leader behind it, someone who's come up with this brainchild and who's super passionate about the idea, the concept, the technology, the website, whatever. Mm. And then they um, not only flush that idea out, but then they bring it to fruition. They build a team, they package that company, that idea, and they build a kind of you know what, how are they going to not only package it, brand it, and then market it and take it to market? Right. And then how are they going and stay ahead of the competition. right? And so, and, and if you do it, if you take a look at, you, you know, some of the examples we talk about is the Steve Jobs of Microsoft. If you take a look at Jeff Bezos from Amazon, if you take a look at, you know, a lot of the great brands, I don't care if it's a business-to-consumer brand, a business-to-business business brand, they all have a brand champion or a group of ch- brand champions within the organizations to make these brands and these companies come alive. Right. So the 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 brand of the individual helps
0: carry the brand of the company forward.
1: Yeah. It, well, it, and it can be that way, but it doesn't necessarily have to have that as well, too. Okay. I mean, but normally for to have a great company, you have to have so a passionate leader. Mm, got it. Who okay. is a visionary mo- a lot of times, right. or they're very good at motivating the team to buy into the concept, buy into the brand, buy into the mission. Yeah. And then they do typically have a very good idea of not only twofold. The brand is, yeah, it's external to the outside target audiences or consumers or business-to-businesses. But the other brand is the brand to the employees, a brand internally in order to the company itself, too, and selling that idea. Yeah. And the same thing, like when we talked about the capital raise decks or selling your company, you have to be passionate at it and believe in your idea, believe in your concept, package it well to be able to get the financing, to build the business. Right. Or if you're ready to sell it, you've packaged that brand, you've done a really good job of refining and you're really passionate saying why this is such a great business and why you have to buy this business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to talk more about what you just t- touched on, which
0: is as we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of years, you've, you've said a lot of things about a lot of your clients hire you for branding around things that are not traditional. Traditional branding and marketing to me is to drive new business. Correct. And you've mentioned cap, raising capital, selling your company. I've heard you uh, mention hiring people. Like, Talk about how did you get, uh, are, these, are these concepts that are well-known in your industry and I'm just not aware of them? Or how did you
1: start going down those paths? Um, well, some of them are, but a lot of them are not. Um, part of part of it is after actually we talked a little bit earlier about how my first original company was a marketing and advertising agency. Well, um, I built that up over like 10 year period of time. And then I sold it during the dot com to- days. Oh, nice. And then I went to work for a dot com and ran their national brand for a couple of years. And part of my job was to put together what we called analyst decks Mm -hmm. to support our company and support our stock with Wall Street analysts. Okay. And so, totally unusual type of thing, but that's one of the things I did. Mm -hmm. And, And 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 going through that process, it was you know it couldn't have been a worse couple of years of my life because going through the dot-com bust was horrible and I could write a book on that in and of itself Right. but it, it, at the time it was horrible but I really learned some very very valuable skills the process of packaging my own company to get acquired. And then when I was acquired and reporting to Wall Street, I understood what we had to present and what they were looking for in our quarterly updates and forecasts and kind of the vision of where we're taking this business. And those skills were super valuable for me. I didn't know it at the time. But then when I started to get into brand arm, we started working with all these different firms that were, you know, a lot of, because we get a call, a lot of calls for a branding firm, like, I've got this new ID, I need to package it, I need to brand it, and then, oh, by the way, I'd love to help raise some money. And so I was like, you know, there's there's a need here for this. Why don't we package raising of capital, you know, capital raise tax? Right. You know and so we help private equity firms raise a bunch of money we hurt we help you know real estate investment firms raise a bunch of money we help technology firms we help startups raise a bunch of capital now and so that's become its own product category yeah and then the same thing we have a bunch of clients that say hey if we built this business and we're looking to, to get acquired. Could you help us package it to get acquired? And so now we sell that as well, too. And so we do that for a bunch of private equity firms. We do a bunch of our clients say, that is exactly what we want help with. So those are totally unique. But it's but going through that, those experiences myself has allowed us to be able to put that together and do that.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. You, you know, pitch decks and all these things that, uh, you know, generally the M&A world, uh, mergers and acquisitions world, know to uh, raise capital, sell a company, buy a company, whatever. I just never, the first thought is, oh, an investment banker does that, or, you know, a business broker does that, or whatever. Yeah. Everything's visual, though. Everything comes down to marketing, and it's so critical, the piece you bring to the table. I just never thought that, um, you know, a company like yours would be Offering those services, it's awesome. well. You
1: know, you're in the real estate world, and so right. we we do a lot. Where you know they put together these uh, prospectus, and it's you know like this. Depending how big it is, but it could be like fifty to a hundred page legal document, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And we're trying to raise money selling this. This is right. ridiculous. <laughs> and so we no started, thanks. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to put everybody to sleep. So we said, "Why don't we take that and pull out the concepts that really matter, right. and then help these companies package that and really make it into much more of a marketing and sales, you know, process versus a legal type of exploration." Okay.
0: That's great. So, uh, shifting gears a little bit, Yeah. have you, what would you say drives you to provide, I mean you're clearly a leader in your industry, certainly like a go-to firm here in Denver, and I know you do a lot of national work as well, um, what would you say drives you, like what's your why personally, what's your, where's your passion come from in working in this industry?
1: Uh, you know, it's a couple things. I think my first why is, you know, how do we help our clients succeed? Because if I help our clients succeed, we also are successful. Yeah. And so, uh, I, 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 you know, we have, I have this great story that um, we years ago for, with my previous firm, we did what we call the $500 logo, where we did a logo for a technology company, mm. and it was super inexpensive, so we created this logo for next to nothing, and it turned out to – they loved it. We got more work. Well, this technology company grew well they grew from a startup into a multi-billion dollar corporation and so doing a, like a $500 logo this account wow. turned into spending about a half a million to a million dollars a year with us wow oh my god over a period of 15 to 20 years and so how many of those do you have no <laughs> But you know that's a great example, though. If we're we're passionate about helping our clients succeed, we ourselves will be super successful as well too. Wow! Yeah. And then it has taken me a while. The other one that I really uh, am you know excited about is it's taken a while, but is how can we not only. And, you know, and I and I'll, I must admit that I've grown as a leader. And I'm, I oh man, I wasn't a very good leader when I first got started. I didn't understand people psychology. I was, you know, kind of hardcore. And so I've mm-hmm. grown, evolved over a period of time. But so my other big passion is how do we help the client, our employees as well grow and uh, develop their skills to become better and better at themselves as well too. Okay. And it's, I'm still not great at that, but I've become a lot, lot better now. Wow. So, um, yeah, growing. I'm there. trying to practice one of my preaches in, in the seven secrets of brand Champing and branding internally within too. And I'm to, uh, part of that is becoming more enlightened myself on how do I do a better job of working with employees and helping them grow and expand themselves.
0: Great. Do you have any, um, you know, existing structures or programs internally or, or is it really just mentoring and one-on-one time and, and things like that?
1: Uh, we do both. I mean, we really try to help create, you know, um, create opportunities where how can we help them grow and expand and move into different job roles within the organization. But then cool. part of it is mentoring as well too.
0: Right, yeah. And I mean, yeah, it seems like you come from such a... Diverse uh, experience background that you bring to the table that a lot of you know people in your industry just don't have, and so you probably have a, you, you're able to see a lot of different angles, see something from a lot of different angles
1: that a lot of people don't. Oh so, yeah, yeah, well you know going to school to be a teacher and then working in the surf industry is totally different <laughs> than selling my company to a dot com exactly. that was owned by a Wall Street private equity firm. Right. And you talk about two totally different, clashing cultures. Yeah, it's and amazing. you know, and then today too is the uh, management style. Today is totally different than what I grew up with. Yeah, and it's quite a bit different. And so you're having to focus on those softer skills, if you will. That's great. Cool.
0: So, all right. So um, let's move into. Um, Kind of the what I call the rapid fire okay. section of this, so this allows us to uh, just really get to know you better sure. personally. Um, so we'll just get started here. Who is your hero?
1: You know, um, my dad my uh unfortunately, my dad passed away right right after I got to college, hmm. but he was a great dad. He spent a lot of time with us doing sports. My actually dad had the dream job. He was a sports reporter. Oh, wow. And so growing up as a kid, I got to go to a bunch of, you know, sporting events as a kid. I got to meet a ton of people as a kid. I got to meet Sandy Colfax, Don Drysdale. I got to meet Gene Entree when he owned the Anaheim Angels. Oh, my gosh. I got to meet Roman Gabriel. I got to meet Tony Gwynn, Dave Winfield, all these sports stars. and stars, yeah. Yeah, and so... Uh, so that was pretty cool as a kid that yeah. was way before sports what it is what is what it is today right yeah. and uh, so he did a lot of but then he also took us and, and took us a bunch of Padre's games as a kid where well, they were horrible actually but it was still <laughs> fun you know <laughs> yeah. and so my dad taught me a lot and actually the last couple of years of my dad's life he Really had a metamorphosis himself as far as growing as a man and as a father, and you know my dad grew up in very tough times when they didn't have hardly anything, and mm-hmm. so, and he was he was true man's man and didn't really have uh, the emotional and personal connection. And the last couple of years of his life, he really worked hard to build those emotional and personal connections with us kids as well as with my mom that was his transformation it was his transformation and you know I'm really thankful because I got to see that transformation the last couple years of his life before he passed away and that's a really special gift for me wow you know and then I I have a you know I graduated from college just a couple months before he passed away and I'll have one of my most sacred possessions is like a 10-page handwritten note from my dad how proud he is of me and about how he's seen me grow as, and turn into a young man. And to get that uh, gift as a, as a present for graduating college just a couple months before he passed along is one of my dearest possessions. That's incredible. So his, his transformation was the ability to,
0: you know, be uh, – vulnerable and and get his,
1: just really be expressive, express himself. Yeah, and you know, yeah, yeah, because it wasn't part of his upbringing. Right, yeah. And so for him to grow, and I think part of it was, you know, his faith, but all part of it was getting in touch with himself Mm -hmm. and then parting, wanting to have a desire to have a better relationship with his family is what drove him. And I think we all got to experience that and it was a real gift to be able to experience that before he passed away. That's awesome. There's certainly not enough of that in the world, so. Yeah, a Great no example
0: of, of that, so. All right, um, what's your uh, favorite? Sorry, I know they're quick hits, but that
1: was a long oh, answer. Oh no, hey, <laughs> wherever this
0: conversation goes, it's, it's awesome, so appreciate you. Uh, what's your favorite news source or sources?
1: You know, I you know my dad being a news reporter. There's hardly any newspapers anymore. So I mean that <laughs> right. used to be it because I used to watch, go in and read all his stuff all the time. Right. So that, it's hardly that. But I I'm, I am a connoisseur of tons of different media. So I look online all the time. I do watch a lot of television because we have to because see what's going on with different trends. Right. Um, so I'm I, I look and watch tons of different ton. mediums. Okay. So
0: the first uh, way you wake up in the morning. The first news source that you typically uh,
1: look at. You know, actually, it, uh, it, it actually is, it, my life has changed, especially because I'm actually kind of trying to do and be, um, this, especially this last year, I've kind of taken more times in the mornings to get up and spend some reflection time and reflection and prayer in the mornings to prepare me for the day. So before I do anything, I spend some time doing that before I turn on the television or read anything online. Cool. And and I think that's helped get me a you know better center, mm-hmm. and allows me to have a much different perspective on life and work and family and everything else. So, that's great. So before I jump into the day, I try to you know center myself before I get it, get at it. I love it. I just started a couple months ago, created
0: a new what I call my morning ritual too. So that's great, and that certainly involves uh, some quiet time as well so yeah and then
1: and then what I'll do is I'll get online take a look at emails and I'll take a look at news and then I'll hear a bunch of different things when I'm traveling into work or I'm starting to listen to more podcasts actually and so and trying to be a little more balanced about looking at online on the radio and podcasts and kind of getting a feel for different things that are out there right
0: very cool all right um favorite book
1: Seven secrets, Yeah. <laughs> Besides the seven secrets. <laughs> no, my, my favorite book. Uh, you know, I'm going to go back to uh, part of my own personal journal is um, one of my favorite books is a, a book called by John Powell called Why i Am Afraid to Tell You Who I Am? Huh. And it's an old. It's it's. I've been out there for quite a while, but it's a really short read. But it's also It's about a, a book of self uh, self discovery, personal awareness, and about a, ability to be vulnerable and let your guard down, be real, and communicate who and how you are. Especially in these today's world yeah. where it's all very social media, uh, online persona. Less personal touch. Yeah. yeah and, and, and this is all of, about personal relationships and letting your guard down, allowing you to be re- the real you and be vulnerable and be caring and sharing with your friends, your family and your personal community. And it was really part of my genesis to help me read this book about, you know, uh, self-awareness and um, just, you know, uh, not only self-awareness, but, you know, uh, allowing yourself to be vulnerable.
0: Wow. Sounds like very similar to the transition your dad went through just before he passed.
1: Yeah, you know, and and that's really you know, not only reading that book that's that I read years ago and I reread it every every couple of years because it's you know it's good to recenter Yeah, and then kind of this last year kind of being, spending more time in reflection and prayer in the morning really helps me with that. And it just prepares me for to be a much better person, be a better man, a better spouse, better father, better leader. Yeah, I am definitely putting that on the list. It sounds very
0: interesting, (laughs) especially quick reads. I'm great at those. It's quick reads. (laughs) I mean, it's it's like (laughs) 120,
1: 150 pages. You can get it done in a couple of days.
0: That's great. Cool. Uh, Do you have a favorite quote?
1: Uh, actually, we, so one of the ones we've been using here around here, it's either you you eat well, it's either if you fail to make a plan, you plan to fail, mm. and if you plan to if you plan to succeed, you will, you will be successful. Great. And so it's all about how do you be proactive and intentional, and and it really applies personally and professionally about how do you uh put put in writing what your intentions are and 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 make a plan of what you want to get accomplished whether it be spending time with someone in specific like your kids or your spouse or if you want to accomplish specific goals and objectives at work so i like that quote cool yeah that's great um favorite technology uh, favorite technology? Well, I mean, we. Lo- I mean, one of the, you talked about what kind of what d- differentiators for work is. We we really jumped in head first a couple of years ago into marketing automation, and so we support a bunch of different marketing automation implementations for a bunch of different clients. Mm. But then we also resell quite a few different platforms as well too. So we that's become a really interesting niche that we've grown a part of, and I love it. Cool. So it's
0: technology related to the services you're providing to your clients a lot of times? Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's cool. also a combination of the, the... Actually, what it does is actually help you organize and manage the marketing piece of it, but it's also got a CRM component, so it helps manage your marketing, the top of the funnel, and then helps you manage the pipeline or your sales pipeline, manages the conversions into actual real dollars, and it actually, for the first time, allows you to see a true ROI of your marketing and your sales efforts and, and, and really focus in on what's producing results and what's not producing results.
0: And this is a third-party tool or something you guys... Third-party. Uh, can you disclose what
1: it is, or is yeah, that Yeah, well, we, do, we support a bunch <laughs> of different ones. No, we support, oh, gotcha. Okay. So we support like uh, Pardot, which is salesforce owns. Okay. Eloqua, which uh, is an Oracle product. We yeah. support Marketo, which Adobe bought. Wow, yeah. Uh, HubSpot, which is another one we support. Yep. We do a lot in... I'm forgetting now. Sharp Springs is another one. We resell. Yeah. So there's a, you know, we've probably worked in probably 10 or 12 different marketing automation platforms. Wow, that's cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, it's basically um, tracking KPIs, helping the whole
1: flow of a transaction or a sales process. Yeah, we call it a marketing sales process. Yeah, yeah. So how can you not only um, define that process, develop the content that you're going to utilize, right, in your email marketing, in your social media marketing, in your online pay-per-click or organic mm. campaigns, how you're going to make and track conversions into opportunities, that, you know leads that turn into opportunities, and then turn into an actual sell, whether it be with a specific consumer and, or a business, mm. and then be able to track and monetize and say what's, what's producing the ROI you want and what's not producing the ROI you want. Wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. We try to
0: use uh, CRMs to a, the best of our ability and never use them great, but uh, yeah,
1: they certainly help yeah, through the 100%. process. percent
0: <laughs> But what's really cool
1: is when you can see and track an individual yeah. or a company, you know, the engagement. And actually, it's got a predictive thing to it nowadays. So there's AI involved in saying, you know, based on the parameters you set up, you know, lead score parameters on engagement and interactions. And so it has a predictability piece and say, this prospect or this company is really interested because they opened up your emails, they've come to your website, they're engaging with you on social media, and they should be contacting you. And it's really cool to see. And I know this person's you know, contacted or watching us. Right, yep. And looking at our stuff, are they going to call or are they going to reach out? And a lot of times we can predict about when it's going to happen based on the interaction or or the engagement.
0: It is pretty amazing what that technology can can do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right, so last question. Uh, What's your favorite way to unwind?
1: You know, so it's coming back to trying to find my center. So it's either, you know, going and working out. Uh, actually, really interesting. Carmen and I uh, have been together for like six years now. And so we actually, she got me into CrossFit. So I do CrossFit with her and I got her into her cycling. So oh, cool. we do CrossFit and cycling together, which is awesome. And I, I mean, I love to fly fish. I don't get to do it a much, but I love to get on the water and do that as well, too. Yeah,
0: that's
1: fun. And and then just going out and doing stuff as a family. I mean, I'm, I've am i got a kid that I'm heading off to college here in a couple of months, and so I'll be an empty nester soon. And oh, wow. uh, so, you know, I cherish those moments we get to spend as a family because you don't know how often it's going to happen again, you know. Very so, cool. Yeah.
0: That's great. Well, Michael... Um, As we mentioned earlier, this the intent of this podcast is to create a thriving business community based in generous leadership and authentic connections. And so we very much appreciate your generous
1: leadership today. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, have a great one. Thank you.